Hello, dear friends, and welcome to our podcast dedicated to sight reading through the lens of historically informed performance practice. And today we have a special episode. We are in Münchenstein. Mm-hmm. We've changed locations. Yes. In the Saal here. And today we are interviewing people from the group Compania La Baldraca, which we'll hear about the name later. Yeah, and it's a very interesting group, and mm-hmm. uh, there will be an exciting concert. One of the operas by... But Pe- the intermezzi. Yes, the, the comical... The comical intermezzi of a very serious opera, apparently. And so we'll be hearing yes. who we'll be talking to today. Uh, we are talking to Thomas Höft, um, Michael Hell, and Adrian Schwarzstein. Great. Michael Hell. I live in Austria. I'm German from origin. I'm harpsichordist, recorder player, and, <laughs> and the musical director of Il Cialatano. Very nice. And what are you doing here in Basel? So we are playing this wonderful little intermezzo by Pergolesi that was basically composed as an intermezzo for a very big opera seria of Pergolesi, um, Adriano in Syria. That was a total flop at that time, <laughs> as most of the opera serie by um, Pergolesi were. But the intermezzi of this opera, so the little pieces, the comic pieces that were played in the intervals between the acts, they were huge successes, and that uh, made them spread all over Europe, so they were played in every country. Of course, then each time when you replayed it, you had to change the text, translate it, so that you could have local jokes in it. Local jokes. Local jokes, of course. Could so in a French more? version, of course, you have to have French jokes. Even there's, I think, of this this first libretto, there was a, trans, uh, a new version by Metastasio, who did it then for Venice. So in, and in Venice, the people did like other jokes than the people in Naples, where the opera was originally composed. So. Do you have some of the jokes in mind now? The thing is, for us today, we don't understand this Baroque humor. It's political humor, there are allusions to certain people. We don't understand them today. And that made us change the opera a little bit. No, there's, there's much more, what's very important to know. There are a few books with jokes surviving earlier times. One of the most famous is the um, joke book of Kilian Brustfleck, who was the um, who was the comedian on the court 
of the Counts of Eggenberg and Graz. It's surviving, and it's not funny at all. <laughs> why? Especially why these jokes are, um, we would say, discriminating. These mm -hmm. people are laughing about or over disabled people, people with problems, mentally challenged people. If we see this mm -hmm. today, we feel totally ashamed that they and they their jokes were so putting someone into a wet bed or throwing things at him. And if he can't walk, he was a cripple. And and, and they laugh about oh look at this ugly man. He cannot really go. So these jokes are for us really bad. This mm -hmm. humor is discriminating. And some of uh, this very early. But, and then we come to the Pergolesis, the, the Neapolitan jokes. They have come from a tradition of Comedia dell'arte. And this is much more important that they are not as discriminating. They are, uh, they are, but also on another kind of level. And Adrian Schwarzstein, our director, he is an expert in Comedia dell'arte and this traditions of joke and fun. Maybe you can tell us a little well, bit about the, this. The most important is to understand that the, the basic of Comedia dell'arte jokes are not uh, verbal, are, are uh, physical. What we call lazzi is uh, made of uh, what we call today slapstick uh, or what you see a lot in the beginning of 20th century silent films. So this is the kind of Comedia dell'arte Jokes. And of course, in the music, many times in all this uh, opera buffa, there is music, there is instrumental int introduction of arias, etc., that they mean something. One has the feeling that one is directly in a cartoon, basically. So the, the elements that were used in a Tom and Jerry cartoon musically are basically the same as in a comic opera. What are those elements? So you, you can hear a person approaching with. For example, and you understand it in the music what it means immediately. Yes. Thomas, you are introduced in the program as a Schauspieler. What are you exactly doing in this show? <laughs> <laughs> so, we are all together La Compagnia Baldraca. And La Compagnia Baldraca is a a ruined Italian opera company. We are trying to bring on stage the famous opera, opera Seria, Adriano in Syria, but we are run out of money. So most of the orchestra is gone, most of the singers are gone. The coro. The coro gone. So, and Adrian is the impresario, and I am the costume dresser. I'm responsible for all the costumes and all the stuff and things. So, because they are all gone, uh, it, it will be no Adriano in Syria, but this we, we will discover in the show. In the show, we, we, are, we are promising something. The huge opera series, and Adria comes and said, he is the general director. And he said, oh, we have elephants. Choirs, big orchestra, crocodrilli, rhinoceronti, everything, and there's nothing. Nothing except two poor singers. <laughs> little, 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 little orchestra. 
and crazy people like me or the has cook and, the, and has to appear the cook and they has so they have to appear also on the show the cook has to do the all the percussions playing the fagotto and me I am forced to be Fulvia the friend the, the, the female friend of Livietta trying to catch Tracotto and this developed but we are coming as a bankrupt Italian opera company. This is the idea. That this is, is transporting everything into a kind of today, the costumes and the opera. And so it's more, it's more in the 50s. We can think about maybe Italian, um, an Italian company in the 50s. Very much uh, close to this, uh, yeah, 50s, 60s Italian films, Alberto Sordi, also this humor, a lot of physical humor. Uh, very very well known uh, Italian film. So this is Italian opera with the Italian text, Italian music, Italian jokes, and uh, all this Italian ambient that we try to sell. And also it's like a little bit of cliche okay, with the mafia and all the things. We we like to make uh, that the people can uh, recognize and laugh about. Thomas, I read uh, on your website that you also work as a curator. And so my question is, um, what was your curatorial work in this show? Was it challenging? What were your curatorial tasks to perform? The idea comes for the Utrecht Festival of Early Music, which is very well known, very huge. And I was the co-curator of the edition in 2019, uh, and the theme is Napoli. So for me, my task was to find things connected to Napoli, Neapolitan, sty uh, Neapolitan style, and this we have. So Pergolesi, we, we, we talked about what can we do, what can we offer in this festival. And Xavier van Damme, who is the artistic director, asked me what, what you want to do. And I think, and we thought, okay, there, we have two possibilities. One very, very serious one, it's uh, Scalati. Um, an oratory, very, 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 uh, yeah, complex, beautiful, but very sad, sad very sad. Um, and it's about the story of what we can do with Christian, but also with a Muslim or a Jewish background. Also very, very today's, very interesting from, from a today's perspective. Or we can do something very funny, like a Pagolesi fun. And then he said, oh, let's do both. And so we started. I go to Napoli and I went to visit beautiful people like Federica Castaldo, who is in charge for the early music institution La, Cap La Pietà dei Turchini, and this is the early music uh, research, works, center. research center of Napoli, and we talked a lot about this Neapolitan comedies, how this acting was. The singers were actors, and actors were singers. It was very different from today's the separation in acting and singing. They are singing actors or acting singers, both. And I saw, and Adrian introduced me to, this tradition of the Guaratelline. And this was very, very interesting. 
Please, maybe you yeah, can maybe explain you can. what this is. The Guaratelle, <coughs> the Guaratelle is the uncensored tradition of uh, puppet theater mm-hmm. with uh, Pulcinella as the main character. And it's basically is laughing and about the power, about the, the, the statement. Mm-hmm. And to, like in the Commedia dell'arte also, and what we need in comedy, and what we need in a society that is very, is some, some, somehow very structured, like uh, on those times with the king and the novelty and, and the, very, the different castas, no? Is to put upside down. And this, the Guaratel is doing, of course, look like a childy, uh, Puppet theater show, but is a, a, is a, a, a lot more, and of course, is this statement is not only the king, etc. It's also the church, and for sure the dead. It's always dead there. That is always coming. We know every. It's very uh, baroque, no? This uh, we are Fujit uh, Mundi, no? And then this. Is um, um, we have to we have to laugh. It's, it's another approach. <coughs> and there is a famous man. <coughs> yeah, and probably one of the most famous uh, uh, performers is uh, Bruno Leone, and uh, he is uh, really the one that uh, is keeping is La Casa di Pulcinella is keeping this tradition and teaching this in order that don't disappear because it's really something so. And, and this is together with uh, the typical, uh, beautiful uh, Napolitan music that is very old. Uh, we play here some of the uh, pieces that are absolutely old. The Talatella Gargano is from the 17th century, we know from, but probably so, it's earlier. And it's the traditional popular music that somehow was put it on the side and, and, and thanks to people like Bruno Leone and others, is is back, is back, or at least it's not disappearing. And this is curating, searching for it, talking, finding the people, and bring them in. So we are, we have a fantastic Guaratelle show then in Utrecht. We met Christina Donadio, a fantastic actress who is in Gomorra, this mafia series, one of the famous characters. She was here with us with Olga Paschenko. We made five shows with Christina telling Neapolitan stories and Olga playing music uh, to this. And, and I was moderating discussions about what is this. And we um, discovered, and this, um, that your listeners do not mistaken, the, the written jokes are very bad of the, of the earlier times. But these Neapolitan jokes, they are not discriminating. They are the opposite. As Arjan told you, the Guaratelle is against power, against the people who have power or the forces to have power. And Livietta e Tracolo is about female power. And this is also very, very important. We have the opera Seria where minor characters as the servants are more or less ridiculous in the Monteverdi operas. They are stupid, they, we, we can laugh, and this is a little bit ashaming. Here, we have the opposite. Livietta is a simple person, it's, it's a villageoise, it's, it's a girl from the countryside, but she is the winner. She is totally intelligent, she really turns everything into the right thing, and we don't love about her, because she may be stupid. No, it's not. She's not stupid. 
the guys are stupid, and she turns the world upside down. And this is what I love to have an early piece with female power. It's, it's in a way feministic. And I like this a lot. And this we can take and we can do and we can, well, we can bring on stage without being ashamed or without being to have to hide or to, to really explain something that it has to be changed. No, it's very, very, it works today. You will see or you will hear, everybody who sees it can see that's about also, it's the same as us. They are not different. that seems like a very modern approach and also it's close to everybody every human being not a modern approach this is the uh, this is the error we think that uh, our modern approach is modernized and making abstract is absolutely what pergolesi wanted to say 
How do we know that? Because it's in the text and it's in the music. When uh, when you have this da da dun dun dun, and this is somebody yeah. that is coming in. You, it's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, look here. It, it, we cannot do. It's not an abstract, uh, conceptual opera at all. It's not possible. It's not possible. You cannot do this. You will destroy it. So it's not a modern. It's to like. It's to research how, how it is and how it was and how can be today, because uh, and and this is the most important thing. Uh, I, I, I really, I want this, for me, this point is very important. It's not, uh, destroying or modernize or non taking care of, of what was the origin is to produce the same thing that in the origin had. Sorry. It was a very long, serious opera, Adrian in Syria. So they need something to make it, to breathe, that you can go to the bar and have a drink. Yes, is the okay. So what you do? You do an intermezzo comico, and in the intermezzo comico, you have to be live. You have to be, and then you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can talk with him and look and laugh, etc., etc. And this was really for this. Also, imagine that we don't have changing of lights. We don't have a, a lot of the things that we have today to make it special. And this is going to be very simple. It's, it's going to be absolutely very simple. But what I meant, I'm sorry, just one second. What I meant is that all these emotions and um, feelings we experience also now that is that are in the opera, that's why it makes it closer to the audience. Yeah. That's why people like it. <coughs> yes, this of course. And this is also one of the reasons that we decided to sh to replace a lot of the very long recits with folk melodies from Napoli. Because we need the story to be understood by everybody. Also, a person who is not able to understand a single word of Italian, the arias, they tell the emotions so clearly because the music is composed in that way. But in the recits, we would have to understand the text. And now we try to find a way to show what is happening in the story with action and with music that is there. Nap Naples music, music from Naples. But Adrian is a specialist in, also in theater, that doesn't need words. And then we understand the complete story from the beginning to the end, and we don't need to understand Italian for that, because here we have a Swiss uh, public, yes. in Utrecht we had <laughs> a Dutch German. public. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, If we were in former times, of course they would have made it new. If they, if they don't, if they want to have Pagolesi, of course they had, they have new written German recits or spoken French text. They would have adapted this. So for me, and this is my cue is, and it's very important. This is performance practice. This is historical performance practice. It's not to make every recit as we may have found in a manuscript with thinking about, oh, are these, these are chords right or not? This is not performance practice at all. We have... This is archaeology. Change. This is archaeology. Yes, and it's very interesting in a museum. Yeah. But then in a museum, it's like this. It's there. <laughs> exactly. yes. No, no, yes. we want that it's touch. Yes. And you say emotion today. And yes. that's performance practice into to accept that we need a surrounding at the that, that the atmosphere and especially context is very, very important to have performance practice. If we put things out of its context, even if maybe the instruments are right, maybe the tuning is right, maybe they sing in a way would not exist anymore, but maybe they sing 
in a way what is his maybe is historic it's gone if you miss out the context then it's not alive and this is not what we want to do great wow it seems like a very interesting combination of people <laughs> doing this show Maybe 12, 12, 13 years ago, when Sturiata Festival, I was, I, I am until now the dramaturg of Sturiata Festival, but this was in times where Nicolas Hanoncourt was running it, and I was the dramaturg of Nicolas Hanoncourt. And we, I was asked to organize an open air performance uh, with Monteverdi's eighth book of Madrigals as a comic open air show. And we and um, the director of the festival, Mattis Huber, has seen a very, very comic guy in a street theatre show named Adrian Schwarzstein. And he told me this maybe is the right guy to do it, and maybe we are really fitting together very well. Um, and the musical director should be Anthony Rooley. And so we thought maybe we we would go and we would meet each other at the Schola in Basel. So we made an appointment and we meet in the center of Basel, in the town. And there was Adrian and me. And Tony wasn't there because he was in the Schola teaching. So we met in front and I said, hi, hello, Adrian. I'm Thomas. Hi, hello, Thomas. Um, I have a question, Thomas. Do you know how to stop trams? I think, what? No, I, yeah, maybe I go where they are stopping and then I go in. Oh, no, it's totally wrong. I show you. 
there was then this green buzzer drum coming, and he, from nothing, jumped on the street in front of the approaching tram. There was not a tram stop. Running, jumping on where the tram, like, he jumps on and he embraces the tram, giving the driver, who was phoning the police in the meantime, a kiss through the window. Jumps down, comes back on the trottoir, and tells and it said and said to me, "This is how you stop trumps." And I think, if from this second I love this guy, it's the most craziest person I ever met, the most talented because you really know how to do physical, but radical in his in his in his approach. Very nice. <laughs> I have also a story with Adrian, yes. of course. So Thomas and Adrian were already working together. I hadn't yes. met Adrian yet, but I was playing in Thomas Festival in Köln at that time, another project. And I was going to the show to finally meet this famous Adrian guy that I heard so much about. So and I was sitting in the show. It was the staged version of uh, Le Carnaval des Animaux. By Saint-Saëns, it was wonderful. It was about an hour, something like like that, and I had been laughing for 40 minutes without a stop, and then I was exhausted. I was really exhausted, and I was in the middle of the public, so I think fifth or sixth row, and I dared to yawn. And in this moment. <laughs> I felt a piece of sausage at my head because there was a picnic scene on the stage and Adrian saw me yawning and the moment he saw me yawning he tried to throw this piece of sausage into my mouth. He succeeded fairly well. This was my first contact with him and of course I fell in love with him. Wonderful, wonderful story. Another question. I'm studying curating at the Musikhochschule here in Basel. Yeah, I'm a traverso player. I um, graduated from the Scholar Cantorum this year. Now I'm studying curating. So uh, for me, the question is, you said before that you are a dramaturg and also a curator. So what is the difference between those two terms? A dramaturg has a real res responsibility to put everything together that it really fits in a way of thinking, uh, introducing the audience in your thoughts, having think about what really we need, what we can put together, what make really a sense, and put on a philosophy, gave everything uh, the right ideas, um, that it really is, in a way, theoretically, a hundred percent wonderful and good. As a curator, you have to, to be responsible also not only to the art and the audience and the ideas, but to think and being responsible for everything else, like where we are, in which place we will do it, um, what are the restrictions and the possibility in this place. And it's, it's a little bit... In a, in a way, it's opposite. It's good when it comes together because the curator, curator says, okay, yes, it was good to throw sausages and maybe it's totally true, but in this country, it would be totally wrong 
even to bring a sausage, <laughs> near to throw it to people. And we are responsible in a way for, 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 for the people who, who invited us and what their surrounding is, what their ideas are. And we have really to take this also in thinking and the whole thing where you are taking a festival. Maybe it's very logical that we do all this, but the show is 80 minutes and it's not gonna going well because you don't have 80 minutes. People are used to have five concerts a day like in Utrecht and they have to go after 60, at least 70 with applause. So how to manage that this is in the right timing and it fits to everything else and to have the bigger overview from the outside. So I think the curating is a little bit outside, looking from outside to the art, and the dramaturgy is to be in the art and looking out. And this uh, putting together makes it perfect. So um, you have to be a dramaturg and a curator. Mostly it's good if you're both, or if you, if you uh, much better if you have help, if you're two. If there's another two eyes and another sense of doing it. I have a question for Mikhail, maybe. Um, I was one. I have two questions, but I have one. How do you play comedy in music? You play comedy in music. Yeah. That's a good question. It's all about timing, always. Mm. How may, do you make it come really alive? How do you transform a rhythm that can always only be hinting at the real emotion? How do you play it in a way that it it gets the movement? It's about movement and timing and physicality. Yeah, also. Yeah, you have to feel it in your in your body. And you have, in fact, for me, it's the most important never to play the notes, but to play the emotion. And to to forget. Because, yeah, what, what I think we can practice a lot as a group. A lot, a lot, a lot to play the same piano, the same staccato, the same crescendo, so that we are really together. But in the end, that when there's a show, one is perhaps a little bit nervous. Suddenly it all falls apart. But if we play these different personalities, everybody has its own personality, but if we all feel the same emotion and play it, then I will have different shades of happiness, for example. And this is wonderful, then, because then I can look at everybody and I will see the right emotion. And I will forget if it's together or not. It's, it's not important anymore. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. So that was a fun. <laughs> Bravo.